Welcome to Through a Convert's Eyes. My name is Lucas and I'm going to be your host throughout this series. I hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you will stop and, and listen to it more. I want to thank you for taking the time. You could be at any podcast, but you're here. So let's jump right in. Good morning, listeners. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Sorry it's been so long. I started a new job recently, um, and so I have been taking time to get adjusted to all of that fun jazz. Lots of paperwork. I don't like paperwork. I'm sure many of you don't either. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Through a Convert's Eyes. My name is Lucas. I'm going to be your host throughout this podcast. Um, you know, today's episode, it... Um, it's not really planned out, and I apologize in advance, because let's see where this goes, but it's probably not going to go well. Um, I have been up for the last 20 hours. Um, no, 17 hours. My bad. I've been up for the last 17 hours. I'm, uh, I'm assigned to night shifts. I'm an EMT in Washington State, and I'm assigned to night shifts. And so we don't get a lot of sleep, and that means we sleep during the day. It makes life really interesting, especially when you have church at 12 on a Sunday, and so you don't really want to fall asleep because you know you won't wake up in time for church. Anywho. Um, <laughs> but anyway, welcome to Through a Convert Size. Today's episode is, as I said, unplanned, but I do have a topic I want to talk about. Um so this week I actually got to do a virtual tour of Temple Square in Salt Lake City. Um, for those of you who aren't members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, you probably still know, but there are those of you who won't. Um, Salt Lake City is where, I won't say the most churches, but it's definitely kind of our main area. It's where a lot of people congregate and where our main temple is and so anyway um so i got to do a virtual tour of temple square today and it was really cool the history behind it even if you're not a church member or if you don't even like religion i highly encourage you to take a tour just because you learn a lot about what it took to build and how much effort went into it um and so I took a tour with, um, virtually, and it was awesome, because what happens is you message some missionary serving there, you say, hey, I want to take a tour. They say, okay, cool, what time, what time and day works for you? You set a time and date with them, and they send you a Zoom link when your time is there. You set, you log into the Zoom link, um... And you, they walk around with it with you on either a phone or a camera of some sort. I'm not really sure. And they talk to you as though you're there and explain everything to you. And it's really cool. Um, I'm a history nut myself, so I really enjoyed it. Um, but what was so cool about it was just that, like, we're able to be there even though I am hundreds of miles away in a two-bedroom apartment, I was still able to see the first meeting house built after they were pushed away from their homes. I still got to look at the temple live, not some picture of it. 
even though technically it's a picture. I still got to do things that I haven't gotten to do yet. Even if it's virtually, it's still really powerful. Um, but that's not today's topic. Um, today's topic is actually um, doing what you can. Um, so during this tour, we were talking about how much effort the pioneers put into building the meeting house there and the temple there. And how, you know, how they didn't have the modern tools of today. You know, construction of a house can take a couple weeks if they really push it fast and get everything done. Construction back then took months, if not years. And that's really cool to me because it shows how much time and effort they were willing to put in. And to me, it's another testament of how true the church is because if they believed it was false, like people say, if they knew they were jumping into something they, that was false, why would you put so much effort into it? It's really cool because they don't just say, oh yeah, here's this, you know, okay, cool, next building, or okay, cool, next room. They, like, you can say, hey, can you bring me closer to, you know, the columns? I want to see the columns. Or can you bring me closer to the stand? I'm curious about the stand. Or, you know, hey, can we go to the back of the room and look front, look forward? They are willing to make it so that you feel like you're there. And there are certain things they can't do, but that's just the rules. And there are going to be things you can't do if you go in person, too, so it makes sense to me. But I will be eternally grateful for that tour. And I did one prior to that, um, back in August. Um, but this one was um, different. We did a different area, and we talked about different things, and it was a different missionary set. And I value both equally. But I will say this one was really cool for me because one of the sisters who was guiding, who was there, is a missionary from my state, um, and so it was really cool talking with her too, because the missionaries don't just say, "Okay, cool, you're here. We're gonna start our tour now." Um, it's a one-on-one -on -one tour, or one-on-two, I guess, because missionary sets work in pairs, um, and you they actually want to talk to you. They want to know a little bit about you. Um, and they ask you questions along the way too. Um, as a member, they ask me a little more personal questions, you know, well, how have you seen this in your life? How has this shaped your life? You know, but I do want to, um, encourage you to take a tour because the missionaries there don't just say, you know, Okay, here's our route, you know. Okay, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. They stop. They talk. They answer any questions you have. And they know what they're talking about, which is really cool to me. Um, but during this talk, during one of our stop and talk moments, we had a conversation about this effort that the pioneers put in. And we talked about the effort we put in as individuals today. 
because obviously we're not, you know, spending months building our worship buildings because we don't have to. They're done for the most of us. And for those who don't have them done, well, I hope you get them done because they're important. Even if you're not a member of the church, I just sincerely hope you can worship in a building. And if you worship outdoors, all the power to you. But I hope you have a place to worship. I find it incredible that we have been so blessed to hear a prophet. We don't have to travel hundreds of miles to hear them, although many of us do. We don't have to. I will be eternally grateful for the fact that the pioneers put in the effort to do that. And I will put in as much effort as I can to do that. So during this talk, we were talking, and one of the, the sister from where I'm, the state I'm in, was talking about how, you know, it's really easy to fall asleep, take naps, that, this, that, and the other. And for me, that's especially true, because like I said, I'm on night shifts, and so I sleep during the day. Well, my church, my ward here, starts at noon. So I'm generally fast asleep by the time it kicks in. Well, I'm usually asleep now, quite honestly, but because I have church today, I'm not. And so I decided to jump back into podcasting. Um, but so <laughs> during this talk, she's like, I can wake up for Christ. I can get up for Christ. And that is so true. Because we are at so little, if you look at it. Yes, we are asked to do things in our lives. We are asked to reach out to people. We are asked to minister to others. We are asked to be kind to others. We are asked to follow the commandments and the word of wisdom. But we are not asked to build monuments. Like they were. We are not asked to wage war. We are asked to be kind. We are asked to help. And we are asked to do our best every day. And to me, that's so powerful because it's not saying, hey, you can't do this, so I'm going to make you do this. He's saying, hey, I know you're capable of doing this, so let so go do it. Go do good upon men. Go worship. Go sing. Go do good. You know, the basic human need. The basic human qualities you'd expect. Do good. But it's so rare. <laughs> it is so, so rare. Um, I actually... So, if you pop into Facebook, there's a page with the same title, and I currently run that as well. Um, and I was talking about a verse um, here. It is, um, and it's basically saying, well, why would I fear to do good? Or, men fear to do good. Um, here, I have it right here. Fear not to do good, my sons, for whatsoever ye sow, that ye shall also reap. Therefore, if you sow good, ye shall also reap good for your reward. Doctrines and Covenants 6.3 
And so it was funny to me because reading that initially, I thought, well, why would we fear to do good? We do good all the time, right? I mean, who do bad intentionally if you're a good person and a Christian? Well, then I thought about it. I want you to pause and take a second. Why were why are we being told to fear or to not fear doing good? And that's because we continue to evolve to change. This world is changing. Be of this be in this world, not of this world. Something members have heard constantly. But what's that mean? It means to be here and live our lives here, but don't become too involved in it. Don't get so wrapped up in worldly things. You forget to give effort to Heavenly Father. Don't forget to give to give praise to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Don't forget to read the scriptures. And you may be asking, well, okay, but what's that have to do with fearing good? The world today has changed from 200 years ago. It's changed from 20 years ago. It's changed from when I was 10. For reference, that was only 10 years ago. I want you to think to the last time a stranger held the uh, door open for you walking into a building. I don't care if it's a restaurant, a shopping center, some. When was the last time a stranger who was not there to hold the door for you intentionally just held the door open for you? It's not talking about going out and doing great acts. It's not talking about parting the seats. It's not talking about walking on water. It is strictly talking about the little things. See, Jesus Christ doesn't expect us to move mountains. Jesus Christ doesn't expect us to go out and perform miracles on the day. He expects us to go out and do good things upon fellow men. One of my favorite things is Jesus Christ, right before he gets betrayed, he knows it's going to happen, but he still gets down and he doesn't know which one, and he still gets down and washes their feet. It's Jesus Christ. Can you imagine sitting there? And your teacher, you, the person you look up to above all others, is washing your feet. Can you imagine how that feel? Because I can't. I would be so in awe that I would just sit there for a second and go, dude, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And that's exactly what they did. It's incredible to think that he was still serving, even though he knew he was going to get hurt. He still did his best, even in his last days of freedom, to help everyone around him, no matter who they were. And we need to live by that example. Me and my roommate don't always get along. Me and my roommate fight, as all roommates do. We're at each other's throats a lot. But I'm still trying to help him in any way I can. I'm still trying to be a better roommate. I'm still trying to be a better person. None of us are perfect. 
none of us are expected to be perfect, but we what we are expected to do is to do good. What is the one thing we can all do? No matter where we are. No matter what's going on in our lives. You can be sitting at your desk job 9 to 5. You can be sitting at a station or a base or you know, in your cruiser doing your job. You can be at home. You can be with the kids. You can be in the car. You can be sitting outside waiting for you to get out of school. You can be sitting in a basketball gymnasium watching a game. And you can still pray and say, how can I do good? That's the one thing consistently we can do to be better. We can always look up and say, how am I supposed to be better? How can I help your plan? How can I do what you want me to? What do you want me to do? But we don't do that all that often. This generation fears good without knowing it. We walk through doors with strangers on our heels and still don't hold it. We don't think, they look like they're having a hard day. Maybe I should cut them a break. That waiter who snapped at you in the restaurant earlier this week probably was having a really bad day. We don't know their story. That guy who cut you off might be racing home because his partner is in trouble. We don't know. And yeah, it's really easy to get mad. I do it all the time. I'm not one to say that I'm perfect in that. But what I will say is that I am con- I constantly look back and go, you know, probably shouldn't have snapped. Probably should have given them the benefit of the doubt. Because that's all it takes is the benefit of the doubt. And you can tell me, well, you know, I, I give the benefit of the doubt, you know, most of the time, but it can't always be true. You're right, it can't always be true. But what if it is? But what if that time that that guy cut you off, taking an exit or making a corner, what if that's because he's trying to get home to someone who's hurting? What if that's because he just found out life-changing news? That waiter, what if he just found out he's being evicted? What if he just found out that, you know, he had a family member die? What if? Kane Brown came out with a song a while ago now titled What If? And I love it because it's not a, it's a romance song. It really is. But I'm going to use it for this context. In it, he's saying, what if we fall in love? What if this is the last time you have to go out on a date for the first time? What if I propose to you? What if we get married? What if we have kids? He's saying, what if you put your faith in me? And Jesus Christ asked the exact same thing of us. What if you or what if you do good to people? What if you try and give more forgiveness and less anger? What if you put your faith in me and knowing that I have a plan for you and I need your help to do it?
And that's all people need. If people forgave as much as they got angry, this world would be 20 times better. It doesn't come down to, well, I'm having a bad day, and so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be grumpy. It comes down to, I'm having a bad day, and it's okay. But it doesn't mean I need to go out on other people. It's okay to get mad that that guy cut you off. But it's also okay to say, you know what? It's no big deal. No one got hurt. You know that kid who cut you off learning how to drive? No need to tailgate. We were all there once. I will continue to preach this until the day I die. I will continue to preach that we need to do good unto others. But back to where this episode was going. So we were talking about effort and waking up for Christ. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just laughing at the fact I get totally sidetracked here. And if my roommate was here, he would tell you this is completely normal. But so I thought about it. How easy is it? That that little effort to get up. For me, I'm staying up an extra six, seven hours. Okay, no big deal. Yeah, great. I could be asleep right now. Doesn't change. Doesn't mean I should be. Doesn't mean there's somewhere else I'm not needed. Just like putting in that effort into giving each other forgiveness. We need to put in the effort to say, how can I be better at serving you, Heavenly Father? How can I be better at serving you, Jesus Christ? Because when we do that, there is so much good that can be done. As a Christian, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I fully believe that doing that opens a new realm of possibilities for us. It gives us a new chance to forgive, a new chance to say, okay, I hurt someone, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to do better. It gives us a new chance to say, I messed up. I messed up bad. But I'm not going to look back at that. I posted something about religion on my personal Facebook page this morning. Never done that before. And I said, I need to stop looking at my failures. Because in the end, it's not what he judges me for. I promise you that as you go through life, you will see the blessings if you follow this. I'm not claiming to be a prophet. There's, only, there's one here, and I don't need to be another one. There doesn't need to be another one yet but what I can tell you is that there is so much good to be done and if you continue to do good if you're doing good on demand already awesome keep it up if you're if you're listening to this and going I could probably do better then do it and see the blessings come because the blessings are immense is hard. The world's hard. It's not fun, is it? 
but keep going, keep living, keep thriving, keep doing all the things that Jesus Christ asked for you. Because in the end days, there's no better choice. I'm coming up on, I just passed my 24 minute mark. Um, I sincerely hope that these words reach someone who need to hear them. I sincerely hope that the listeners that hear this are able to look back and say, you know what? That guy on that podcast that I listened to at least one time was right. If you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I welcome you, brothers and sisters. If you're a Christian, I welcome you. If you're atheist, Muslim, whatever, I welcome you. Because this isn't just about Christianity. It's about doing good unto others. And yeah, I bring Christ into it. It's the whole point of the podcast. To show my perspective, how I think, how I see religion, how I see the world. And I hope one day that this podcast will reach someone and tell them, you know what, man? You're good. You're doing good. Now let's take another step forward because that's all we need to do. We need to put in the effort, sure. We need to have faith, absolutely. But that's all we need is faith. Maybe a little effort. Just do good. And good will be done to you. As we go through today, um, I have an interview to be ordained an elder in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I am looking forward to it with nothing less than my full being. For those of you who don't know, the Church believes that there are two different levels of priesthood, um, the Aaronic Priesthood and the Melchizedek Priesthood. The Aaronic Priesthood is what's be called the beginner level or lower level priesthood. The Melchizedek means you are, and most people, most guys obtain the Aaronic Priesthood. Pretty much every guy does. But there are those who do not achieve the Melchizedek Priesthood, and that is because they are doing something that is deemed um, against the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I don't hold that against you. I really don't. We're all human. It's what we do. But striving for that is my end goal. And I go into this with complete faith that I will come out of the interview and be told I'm worthy to receive this priesthood. I just hope I can use it for good. For non-members, that section won't be as important. But let's move on to the little section I like to call today's news. Uh, today I was reading an article about the Suez Canal. For those of you who are hiding under a rock, um, the Suez Canal is the major canal over by Egypt that a lot of shipping goes through. And there's a slight issue. A large cargo ship got turned sideways in it and is blocking it. And it is costing companies 
nine point something, I think it's nine point eight billion dollars a day. Can you imagine that? Can you be can you imagine being the captain of that ship and just watching your ship turn and realizing how much of an issue it's gonna be? I don't think he could realize in that time just how much of an issue it was gonna be. But now he's sitting on that ship going, crap. I'm just ticking away. Mm-hmm. And today they had an update. They're not going to get it out for weeks. I'm sorry. Nine point something, $9.8 billion a day. And you're telling me that you can't get it out any sooner? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Oh, boy. We're in for a long one. Anyway, uh, but can you imagine being the captain of that ship? Just sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, all's good. Oh, crap, my ship's turning. Oh, crap, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, crap, we're turning. We're actually turning now. Um, help. Oh, crap, we're stuck. That would be very unfortunate. <laughs> I sincerely hope the crew's okay. And I sincerely hope that it will... Um, resolved soon. I'm getting a warning saying that I'm coming up on 30 minutes. Um, but I hope you guys have an astounding day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey guys, that was in through a conference size. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I know it was all over the place, but I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. I know I had fun recording it. And I hope you guys did. My name's Lucas. I'm your host. And I hope you'll come back next week. We are going to start recording more regularly. So, I testify that the church is true. And I testify that even if you're not a member, that all of you are awesome. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a wonderful Sabbath.